You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. I'm believing that today is going to be no different, that God is already here in this place, and as TC has already prayed, that miracles would take place in our lives. And We're going to take some time around communion in a few moments' time, and I love communion because it's not just something we have to do. It's not just something we get to do, but I hope for all of us it's something we want to do. You know, Jesus in his word says that, hey, you need to understand whenever you need to, make sure you take communion in remembrance of me. You know, I think it's a good thing just to put it out there that communion shouldn't just be the thing we do on a Sunday once a month here at Life. But take moments in your life where you have time out from the busyness of family, the chaos of work, the good, the bad, and the ugly of what is life, and actually just commune, spend time with Jesus himself. And I believe in those moments is where we actually start to discover a new identity in ourselves. It's where we start to discover who he really is. I'm all for church and the gathering together. The Bible also talks about doing that, but it's things in those moments with him one-on-one that we won't get in an environment like this. And We're going to go to a passage of scripture. It's found right at the start of the book of John. And you may have heard it before. Maybe you're like me. You've been in church pretty much your whole life. Maybe you're new here. It's your first time as one of our guests. I love this scripture because it reminds us whether we know everything about God or we know nothing about God as to who he is and the importance you and I need to understand. We have to place and put honor where honor is due when it comes to who he is and what he's done. It says this in verse 1 of John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning... The Word already existed, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Don't think about that too long, because I'm yet to figure it out in my own peanut-sized brain myself, but this is the Word, this is the truth. In the beginning, the Word already existed, the Word was with God, watch it now, and the Word was God. From From the very beginning, the Word was with God, and it goes on to say, through Him, God made all things. Not some things, God made all things. Not, watch this now, one thing in all creation was made without him. Getting challenging. Verse 4. The word was the source. Remember, God is the word. The word was the source of life, and this life brought light to people. God himself was the word, and God himself brought light to people. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness. Not, let's hope the light shines. Full stop. The light shines in the darkness. It does that. And watch this now. The darkness has never put it out. Much like when you flick that switch on, I flick that switch on. Light invades darkness. Light invades darkness. I didn't think about this earlier, but I'm thinking about it on the spot, and we'll test to see if the lighting man is listening. Maybe let's try and turn all these lights off in one go. Is that possible? And what about the panel? Is the panel man listening? Can we lose the panel light for a moment? Getting close. And now light's on. Bang. The light can never be put out by the darkness, only the darkness can be invaded by the light. 
So the Word was at the beginning, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word brought forth light into existence, and darkness has never been able to extinguish it. Then it goes on to say, God sent his messenger, a man named John, John the Baptist. If you've been around church a little while, you will have heard about John. John came to tell people about the light. He was not the light, but he came to tell people about the light. Why? So that all should hear the message and doubt. No. Believe. He himself was not the light. I love this because John's talking about himself in his own gospel in a third person kind of way. He himself was not the light. Thank you, John. That's very humble of you. (laughs) But he came to tell about the light. There's a lot of light going on. This was the real light. The light that comes into the world and shines on some people. No, all people. Even the people we wish it didn't shine on. (laughs) The people that give us grief. The people that don't get it. The people that despise us. This light shines on all people. Verse 10. The word was in the world, and though God made the world through him, yet the world, watch it now, did not recognize him. So in the beginning was God. God was with the Word, God was the Word, God was the light, and even though He created everything in its existence here on earth, there are still people that He created that don't recognize He created. Crazy. Watch what it says as it goes on. He came to His own country, but His own people did not receive Him. Some, however, did receive Him and believed in Him. Watch what happens when we believe in Jesus. So he gave them the right to become God's children. Anyone thankful for that? He goes on to say, they did not become God's children by natural means. That is, by being born as the children of a human father, God himself was their father. Verse 14, the word became a human being and full of grace and truth he lived among us. We saw his glory, the glory which he received as his father's only son. Verse 15. John spoke about him. He cried out, this is the one I was talking about when I said, he comes after me, but he is greater than I am because he existed before I was born. There it goes again. Don't try and work it all out right now. Trust the word is the word. Out of the fullness of his grace, he blessed us all, giving us one blessing after another. God gave the law through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And it rounds it out in verse 18, saying, No one has ever seen God, the only Son, who is the same as God and is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So what we have here is God before time, God in time, and God existing outside of time. And we're somewhere in the middle trying to make sense of it all. Anyone with me? But I love this passage because it establishes that in the beginning God was there. Well, how does that work? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? 
It's not a great question to ask because you can't really get to the answer you want to look for. We need to be believers that trust in the beginning was God. We need to make a decision in our humanity that God is larger than us. And so therefore, there will be moments in our life that seem unfair, unreasonable or unimaginable. But God is still God and God is still good. But not only was in the beginning God there, God made a decision that he would be in everything he created. So not did he just create a world for himself and then put his feet up and say, man, I'm awesome. But he established from the beginning that he would throughout time until Jesus turned up on the scene, bring forward people who would bring revelation pointing back before Jesus ever existed, that Jesus was coming. We, we get the privilege of being in the 21st century where we get to see it from end to beginning. But John was there saying, hey, I, I may be cool and revealing things to you, but there's someone coming that's far greater. His name's Jesus. Jesus comes and fulfills the prophet's statements through the generations, and all of a sudden there's an upheaval, there's an uproar, and there is a confusion. Is this really the Messiah? Because this guy we were believing for that would come as a Messiah, we didn't think would come born of a virgin. We didn't think would be a carpenter. We didn't think would be someone that came from no status or societal prestige. This is just some average Joe. Where's the Messiah? You know, the, the treasured one, the favored one. This guy's just like you and I. And I love this passage because it challenges you and I to, from the beginning, recognize God as God. And that God throughout every single moment and every single living and breathing human being or creation here on earth was created by him and created for him. But if I'm honest, my paradigm is cool. I can trust God as God because that's too hard to work out. So I'm just going to trust that. I've seen enough to believe it. But isn't it interesting that this passage also says that even though he created everyone and everything, there are still people even in his own country that didn't recognize him. There are still people that he loves and he longs for a relationship with that still are yet to get to a point of clarity that he's God and not only God, he's good. And I want to challenge you today to open your mind to recognize who God is and that he is infinite. <laughs> he is incredible, but as the word declares through Jesus, God displayed himself by sending his one and only son. And in Jesus was not just a great story or a great messenger known as John, but in Jesus was both grace and truth for you and I to receive. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our lives. Lord God, it lights up our feet, our path as to where we're to go in life and whether we're here for the first time as a guest or whether we've been here a little while, we've done church a little while, I pray you reveal yourself to a far greater way, a new way. We thank you that in the beginning you existed and you chose to exist in this moment right here, right now and forevermore. And I just pray that as we go on this journey of taking some time out to remember that you are God, but you're also present, that you would speak to us and reveal to us your goodness your grace, your truth, your righteousness in and through our lives and as we choose to give you honor and put you in your rightful place. Lord God, that you would have your way and we would walk out changed from the inside out because of who you are 
and what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I'm sure you've had a moment in your life where you've been super thankful, maybe a moment where you're grateful or, you know, you're appreciative of something. Maybe someone did something for you or something came out of the blue. I'll never forget a moment in my life of appreciation, of true thankfulness, probably a whole lot of gratefulness. That was good to get that off the bucket list. And that was that moment when I popped the question to Missy. And it was the moment when she said yes. Because if you're a guy out there, you'll know that really the engagement is the dude's wedding. You know, on the wedding day, it's got nothing to do with you. You just got to make sure you turn up on time, stand there, smile, cry a little bit. You know, you, you just got to you just got to be there. Okay, it's not your day; it's the lady's day. Anyone with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the engagement—that's a different story. Because you're trying to do it incognito, or the planning. If you're like me, you had the ring for a while, and like every every night you came back from work, you just made sure it was still in its hiding spot because that thing cost you everything. You know, it's like. One of my friends sold their car for their ring, and, and I still hear about it to this day. Man, I loved that car. You know, I'm like, man, you, you got an upgrade, okay? You got a wife. Just calm down. But that moment of sheer relief, of appreciation when Missy said yes. I mean, how could she not? Let's be honest. But anyway, that's another matter. <laughs> but truth be told, I've shared this before, it was actually, that, that was a great moment of relief because she said yes, but the greater I guess gratitude of appreciation that I had was when I had to ask her dad for permission. Yeah. Uh, If you know Melissa's family, you'll know they live in Canada, and so I actually did this over Skype. I've shared this story before. And for sake of time, we won't go into the details, but I plucked up the courage to ask the question. And instead of a yes or a no, the statement that came back was one I was not ready for. He said, hey, thanks for that. Um, I'll get back to you with my answer when I'm ready to. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> uh, okay, thanks. Hit the red button. Hit the red button. Hang up, hang up. <laughs> and for three days, <laughs> I waited and I waited and I waited till I got a text. Hey, I'd like to catch up and call. Now, I don't know if I want the call because if I had to wait three days and the answer is no, that's, I don't want that. <laughs> But anyway, I got the green light, and it was like I was sweating bullets for three days. You know, it was just, I was worried, I was stressed. I was like, what, you know, what else can I do? What is he thinking? Why is he taking so long? All of these emotions. And he finally said yes in the sheer appreciation and gratitude I had towards, and gratefulness towards Melissa's dad was like, wow, this is awesome. And I thought I realized why it took so long, only to discover when I have my own daughters now, who are only six and four, but I'm already starting to get a little worried when they start playing dress-ups and pretending to have weddings, that it's all like, yeah, I'm not cool with this. (laughs) And I think back to the moment, and I now somehow have a new level of appreciation, a true gratitude for why it took three days. Because he didn't have two daughters like me, he only had one. And he was saying yes to a chump on the other side of the world. And I wonder how many of us as Christians fail to realize who God is and just what he's done for us. I wonder how many of us take communion because it's the thing to do as Christians and fail to carry the weight of gratitude 
of thankfulness, of adoration, of honor to the God of all creation who existed before time, is in time and will always be. Outside of time, he made a way back to himself for us through Jesus. I wonder whether we give Jesus enough credit for the grace and the truth he brings into our lives. And so today, I simply wanted to look at three things, I guess, three ingredients that make up us having the attitude of gratitude. Because I think I can be thankful. I've been a Christian 30 years now. At the age of three, I made a decision to say yes for Jesus and haven't really looked back. There's been moments where I had to go through the journey with God, but I wonder how often even being a Christian for this long, I miss the weight of what God gives me every single day through a relationship with Jesus. I wonder if I'm thankful but not grateful. I wonder if I'm grateful but don't actually fully appreciate with gratitude the way I ought to. Now my prayer today will be that some of us capture it for the first time, but for many of us, like myself, as I've been preparing this message, that we would recapture the wonder of what Jesus did, that we would have an attitude of gratitude. So number one, I think for you and I, it needs to come down to a recognition of how it was given. What do you mean by it? How grace came to you and I. Simply put, do we really consider for long enough the cost that was attached? Oh, it's God. He's got the whole world at his disposal. What's the, point? What's the big deal? Just for a moment, if you're a parent, think about sending one of your, your own kids away. <laughs> for a moment, think about the cost attached to letting go of something that was dear to you. What would it take for you to be okay with the cost attached? I think for many of us, we don't recognize just fully what it took. God himself bankrupted heaven for you and I. You know, I've got three great kids and I'd like to say I could pick or choose one of them to send away, but I couldn't. (laughs) There's moments where I think, eh, now would be a good time. (laughs) But because they are mine, and they are that close and dear to me, I'm not going to do it. Even in the worst of circumstances, when emotions are high, and I'm thinking, this could be a good time. I'm still not going to do it. Why? Because they are so precious and dear to me. Jesus was God's one and only son. You know, I said I've got two daughters and I'm going to find it hard to let them go because I'm a bit of a control freak, but it took the recognition when my daughters came along, you know, four or five years after I asked Melissa's dad, Vic, for Melissa's hand in marriage, it took that long for me to recognize just what that meant for him to let go of his one and only daughter and let her at the age of 18 fly from Vancouver, Canada to Auckland, New Zealand. (laughs) I'm thankful for it, but I don't think I was thankful for it. And I have to constantly remind myself 
And the beauty of technology through FaceTime is that most days, five, six days a week, my kids are on the FaceTime talking to Nana and Opa over in Vancouver. And I'm reminded when I see that connection how important it is for me to recognize the privilege I have to encounter the family in my world because of a decision to let the one and only daughter at 18 fly across the world. Do we fully recognize what God did? Do we have a gratitude for the son that was given? John 3 verse 16 to 17 in the Message Bible says this, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one, that no one need be destroyed. By believing in Jesus, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Verse 17, God didn't go into all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. No, no, he came, Jesus came to help. Jesus came to help and to put the world right again. You know, when our worlds feel out of control, when our worlds feel way out of whack, we can come back with gratitude to Jesus and have alignment and realize, actually, I'm going to be okay. This is not just some son or daughter in a natural form that was sent, but this is God himself who is the word, not just with the word, he presses himself amongst human beings like you and I and now creates a way for all. The person here today that's thinking, yeah, that's good for these people, but you don't know me. No, I don't, but God does. And the Bible crazily says that long before you or I could choose him, he chose us. So you're good. The scripture doesn't say that he sent Jesus for some people, for all that would believe. In one moment of belief, your life of turmoil can be turned around for the better. Secondly, not just a recognition of how it was given, but to have this attitude of gratitude, I think we need to make sure we have a receiving of what was given. A receiving of what was given. I wonder whether we've actually received his grace. It can be given, but have you received it? Much like Christmas in about, I don't know, 80 days' time, scarily enough, there's going to be presents given. My kids have no problem receiving them. They're still at the stage where they're kind of okay with giving them if they get to help unwrap them. <laughs> but I wonder for us today whether we are at a point where we've fully received what Jesus brought. How many of us are still living under the condemnation of what was? Come on, I'm speaking to myself. How many of us live with guilt and shame at times? Like if grace and truth was brought through Jesus, then yeah, we should feel the weight of our decisions. But if you're living in grace, then there should be a freedom that comes 
with this journey called life. Oh, I'm not here to give you permission to just go out and do what you like and then come to church on Sunday and wipe it all away. But I wonder whether you've fully received the gift that was given. It was great that Vic gave me the blessing to marry Melissa, but I was now at the point where I had to get to the even scarier part of actually popping the question. Oh, trust me, I was scared asking Vic. I wasn't as scared asking Melissa because I would have found it hard for her to be on the other side of the world and say no. But I was scared because if she did say no, that rejection moment would have been greater than the former. But I had to receive the gift that was given on behalf of Vic by doing something about it. How many of us just come in and go out? Yep, church, woohoo, felt good, band were on form, got a good smile at the front door, coffee was good this week, oh, I just had a good day, good Sunday, and we fail to receive from God himself what he's given to us. Mark 14, verse 22 to 24, I love this, it says, as they were eating, this is speaking of communion, the last supper, watch this now, Jesus took some bread and blessed it, then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples, watch what he says, take it. So Jesus gave it, but the disciples had to what? Take it. How many of us come in and go out and miss? <laughs> miss what God has for us. It says, take it, for this is my body. And then he took the wine, the cup of wine, and he gave thanks to God for it. Once again, he gave it to them. What happened next? They all drank from it. They all received it. And it was then that he said, this is the blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. How many of the people we work with or we do life with are yet to receive the goodness of God? Not because God hasn't given it, we've established that, but because they're not receiving it. In a moment, we're going to take communion and we're going to partake of these emblems, which we'll talk about in a moment, and that's cool. I think we'll all do that, but are we taking it with the attitude of gratitude in an understanding of what Jesus has actually, actually done? And third and finally, a recognition of how it was given, a receiving of what was given, but this one I think can be a biggie, a remembrance of who gave it to you. I'm not sure God had to give us Jesus, but he did anyway. If you understand the Bible, God created the Garden of Eden. He created Adam, he created Eve. We are led to believe, we understand that that garden had everything they needed. Everything they needed and some. Hey, you can have everything you want, just leave the tree. Which tree? There's trees everywhere. That tree. Okay, cool, we got it, we got it. Isn't it really crazy to you and me that God himself was in the garden speaking to men and women like you and I, yet some cheeky little snake rolls up and in one moment, in one breath, overpowers God of all creation, the God that created the garden, created Adam, and Adam's like, hey, I'm bored, I'm by myself. So he rips a rib out, creates Eve, and they're all happy. And in one moment, the remembrance of what God had done goes out the window. 
I wonder just for a moment if I could challenge you to think in your own life how much you failed to realize what God's given. God, not another prognosis. We just got through the last one. I can't handle it again. God, and not another. God, not another. And we lose focus of everything God's given us, the air we breathe, the cars we drive, the income we earn. We lose remembrance because it's now on us. No, no, yeah, you're right. Good, good point, Snake. I'm off to the tree. I can do this. Who does God think he is? He can tell me what to do. No, no, in the beginning... God existed long before you and I. And right from the beginning of time, right to this moment in history and forevermore, God will be. And God won't just be in existence. God is good and he is for you. He's not against you, but it takes a remembrance of who gave us this grace and this truth. If I'm really not careful, I can take for granted my father-in-law. I can take for granted, it'll be in two months' time, we will have been married 10 years. (laughs) I can take for granted what took place 11 years ago when he said yes. That moment is not as vivid now as it once was, and if I'm not careful, I'll fail to activate remembrance. And gratitude goes out the window because, oh, he's just my father-in-law. No, 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 he's the guy that made this happen. (laughs) Not only did he create this awesome human being, he allowed me to be partnered with her. I'll never forget after he said yes, the famous last words, hey, just so you're aware, the moment you guys get married is the moment she's no longer my issue, she's yours. (laughs) Thanks, Vic. (laughs) She's expensive, just remember that. Yep, got that. Don't think I fully realized at the time. Now I do, 10 years in, but... A remembrance is so important. The team are going to come and join me. I don't want you to get distracted, but I love what Hebrews 4 verse 14 says. 14 to 16. So then, since we have a great high priest, God, who has entered, Jesus, the Son of God, has entered back into heaven. Watch this now. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. Let us remember. Jesus is gone from this earth, but don't forget who he is and what he did. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of ours understands our weakness. Anyone thankful for that? Jesus gets it. Like it's all good. Yeah, but what about, yep, that too. Yeah, but what about, yep. Our God's omnipresent. What does that mean? He's everywhere. No. He understands your weakness, my weakness. Why? Because he faced all of the same testings we did. Yet, he didn't make the mistakes we made. He didn't sin. Verse 16, because of that reality, let us, let you and I come boldly into the throne of our gracious God. It's in there that we'll receive his mercy. And it's in there where we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.